Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my golf friends. Welcome back to Above Par. So glad you're listening. I hope you're having a beautiful week playing golf if you're in that climate or thinking about golf if you're in a colder climate. It doesn't matter. You can always work on your golf brain. You have one brain, right? We can work on it all the time. So I want to talk to you about an email that I got from Martin, who is a listener from Sweden. And he sent me an email and I said, this is going to be a great podcast, a great topic. He asked if I had actually talked about this in one of my podcasts. So I decided I'd take a minute and share with you what Martin wrote to me, give you some of my insight because I am sure this has happened to you before in the past. And this is what Martin had to say. He said, I just wanted to send my appreciation. Great podcast. I wondered, have you talked about giving up mid-round in any episode? I'm a six handicap, and sometimes it's mentally hard to keep going after a bad start, like some double bogeys, etc. early on. And the feeling is game over for today. He says, sometimes I try to force myself to play better, which I guess is a bad pressure to put on myself. Listen, if we could force ourselves to play better, wouldn't that be amazing? (laughs) If we could just turn it on like that. But yeah, that's likely going to be some pressure when you're for any anytime we use the word force in golf, it's probably not going to be a useful or great result for us. And then sometimes I start to play good again when I know for sure that I have nothing to play for. And then he asked me for some input. So this is what I want to talk about. This is about getting off to a bad start. That could be a double bogey. Could be a triple bogey. It depends on your score or your handicap. What is bad for you? Could happen in the first couple holes or could happen on hole number one. And this is what I want to remind you. A number is always neutral. It is neither good nor bad. Right, so if you make a double bogey on the first hole, it's par four, it's a six. It's just a six until you have a story about it, until you create thoughts about it. The thing that you want to ask yourself is what are you making it mean? What is the story that you're creating? What are the things that you're saying to yourself? Are you saying I can't have a good round now? It's going to be too hard for me to make that up. I don't have enough birdies in me or pars, depending on what your handicap is to wash out the double bogey. Or as Martin shared, he said that he has the feeling that the game is over for today. And what I want to make sure you know that that is not a feeling, that is a sentence in your head. And when we think the game is over for today, that feels pretty hopeless, some despair, a little bit of why bother, which can lead us into what I call a case of the I don't give a shits, where eventually we just throw in the towel. And we give up a little bit. We quit trying. That can happen for a couple different reasons. But in this case, it might be like, what's the use? (laughs) I can't come back from a bad start. So I want to offer you up some truths about the bad start for the sake of your brain. And then I'm going to offer up some mental pivots that you can use or practice, tweak and amend to serve you however it needs to. So that when you're in that situation, you're out there playing golf and you get off to a bad start, that you have some ammunition to help you get through the rest of the round. 
Okay, so first let's talk about some truths. A double bogey is the same as two bogeys. <laughs> That's just math. And I want you to ask yourself, do you think differently if you bogeyed one and two versus if you double bogeyed one and parred two? Or you parred one and double bogeyed two? Does your brain perceive it differently? Does the story you create change in any way? Because at the end of the round, they add up the same. Another truth is that you could cut up every little box that you put a score in, 18 little boxes, cut them up, put them in a paper bag, shook them all up, and you could go and paste them into a new scorecard in a random order, and it will add up to the same score. And at some point, that double bogey is going to land on one. At some point, that double bogey is going to land on 18. It's going to land on 10. It's going to land on nine. It has an opportunity to land on any hole. If you play golf enough times, you are going to double bogey or have two bogeys equal the same thing in the beginning of a round. It's bound to happen. And we are not immune to where they happen. Just because you got off and double bogey the first hole does not mean you got off to a bad start. Just because you double bogey the last hole does not mean you're a bad finisher. Just because you double bogey something in the middle of the round doesn't mean you always have a blow up hole. It could be that it just happened then. So those are the truths about having and starting with a double bogey. They're useful to remind your brain. And it's useful to listen to the sentences that you create in your head when you have that double bogey. Because that feeling is going to set you up for the rest of the round. The challenge then becomes, how do I get back and stay motivated when I have more holes to play? I just played golf with some friends in Orlando. And we'd finish one, played a couple of times, we'd finish one, and i go, one down, 17 to go. And they're like, who says that? I'm like, I say that. Like, who doesn't say that? Right? But it's just, we're just clicking them away, one by one. And then one, that first hole could have had a double bogey, 17 more to go. I think I did play the first hole crappy every single day. Now, the senses in your head that you create which if they sound anything like, I don't have enough birdies in me, I'm not playing well enough to make up for this score, I'm not hitting it well enough, I don't hit it close enough, or now I really have to push and try to make up for this double bogey or this quote-unquote bad start, those are scarcity thoughts. Those are thoughts that there's just not enough to go around. Really going to be useful for you to start working on those thoughts, which sounds more like it's possible I could make some more birdies today. I have plenty of birdies in me. I have plenty of putts in me. I can definitely put a series of good holes together. Right? When you think there's a limited supply over the course of 18 holes, that feeling of not enough is definitely going to be uneasy. Right? That's when we start pressing and pushing. That's pressure. Usually it doesn't lead to great golf after that. Right? So if you have a bad start, make a double bogey in the first couple holes, and then you start pushing and pressing to make up for it, and then you don't play so well, you're going to feed into the story that you don't play well after you get off to a bad start, that you can't make it up. Another way that you can think about it is, let's say if you were going to start a new eating plan, a healthy eating plan, and you start on Monday, <laughs> just whatever it is, I'm starting on Monday. And you start on Monday and you go into the golf shop and there's a box of donuts. <laughs> okay, this was like literally my life experience as a kid growing up in Buffalo. There were always donuts. And 
Buffalo has the best donuts, I'm just going to say. And there was always a box of donuts every morning at the golf shop. Somewhere at the country club, someone would bring in a box of donuts. <laughs> so let's say you decide to have this great new plan, this healthy eating plan. Maybe you want to lose a couple pounds that week. I don't know. And you see this box of donuts. And you're like, oh my gosh, what an amazing apple fritter. <laughs> this is my kryptonite donuts growing up. Okay, so you see this amazing ap apple fritter and you can't resist it. You eat the apple fritter, right? This starts on Monday. And now you're like week over, game over. I might as well throw in the towel. The week is shot. It's time to go eat some wings and curly Q fries. <laughs> it's basically the staple diet growing up in Buffalo. Donuts for breakfast, wings or curly Q fries, throwing a, a beef on weck every once in a while. Oh my gosh. Okay, so on Monday, you blow it, you have a donut, and then you throw in the towel and say, I'll start again on Monday. Right? That's like playing golf and going, okay, I had a bad first hole, forget it. I'll just wait until I start over tomorrow for the next round. Now, if we go back to the, let's say you're trying to lose weight in one week, right? There's still so much opportunity ahead after Monday. After that first donut, <laughs> first apple fritter, <laughs> it's so good. Okay, after that first donut, right, there's an opportunity for you to change and grow and continue versus throwing in the towel. It's no different on the golf course. Why would we say I screwed up and I blew my whole round? It's because we're more focused on the result than we are about who we're becoming and what we're learning along the way. Eating that first apple fritter is not, it's not the problem. <laughs> okay, just for the record, I had to cut out about four minutes of laughing before I could carry on. <laughs> so, okay, so it is the apple fritter, the first apple fritter, that first one is not the problem. The problem is the giving up. The problem is being focused on the result. Now that we won't reach that goal of maybe losing two pounds, which actually isn't necessarily true, but we tell ourselves that story. Just forget it. I'll just kind of binge all week and I'll wait until next week to start all over again. What's the point? It's because we're focused on what that result's going to be at the end of the round. Even if you lost a pound that week, it's still a win. But our brain tells us that it's not because of the way that we started the week. Golf is the same way. If you get off to a bad start and you feel like, what's the use? And you want to throw in the towel and the game's over for today. It's because you're more focused on the score than you are about what you're going to learn and who you're going to become and overcoming the challenge of getting off to a bad start. Okay, so back to Martin's email. So I responded to his email and he said, I like the bogeys can come anywhere on the scorecard. I guess it feels like a huge mountain to climb if the bogeys add up early on. And yeah, it's too hard to recover from them. I think I addressed that in part of the scarcity mindset, right? When we th don't think we have enough or we can't make enough birdies, which he mentioned right here in his statistics, then we are going to be pushing and pressing to try and make up for them. He said, somehow it feels easier with smaller bumps on the road, even if they are, if there are more of them than a huge mountain early on. It, I think it's really important here to 
listen to the dialogue that we say about the bogey, the double bogey. It's a huge mountain, right? It's not a mountain. It's a double bogey. It's neutral, but we make it a huge mountain in our head. Therefore, it becomes so much more insurmountable, harder to conquer, harder to get over, right? Your brain starts freaking out a little bit if we make it a huge mountain. He said, I agree that I need to change that state of mind, but how? And this is so interesting. And Martin, I hope you realize what you did as you typed the rest of this out in an email. He said, I could say to myself that I need to push myself to come back. That creates a feeling of pressure to make a birdie on the next hole, which I guess is bad. Then he said, I set minor goals along the way to split up that huge mountain into the smaller bumps. He says, I could try to focus on something other than the score. Some of the best rounds of golf are, of course, when I have good times with my partners, not thinking about the score. Exactly. This is about the results, right? When we focus on the results, we put more pressure on ourselves because it's what we make that score mean. And when we go out there and we play and we're having a good time and not worried about the score so much, that's when we have some of our best rounds. He said, I guess it also takes away some of those mental coins or tokens that you've been talking about in previous podcasts, right? Yeah. His point here is that we can waste so much mental energy thinking about the double bogey, thinking about all the work that we have to do. We exhaust ourselves right? so that we can become even more mentally fatigued and worn out, which leads us to wanting to throw in the towel, right? We just don't have anything left. We have all of our coins or mental coins are gone. He says, but I can't figure out the phrase or doings to change my mindset. He said, but when the mountain gets high, I would like to be the one who can see that as an opportunity quote, you know what? I will make the greatest comeback ever from here. Let's show them. Yeah. You figured out, you worked through in that email, exactly what you need to say to yourself. That's the phrase. That's how we do it. We find things that resonate with us. Now, the challenge is going to be for all of us is that your brain is also going to offer up. Yeah, but you made a double bogey, right? You got off to a bad start and you have to give the microphone more often to this new voice, this new saying. One of the other ways that you can come up with some phrases to say to yourself is to think about what you would say to your best friend. What would you tell them if they got off to a bad start? If it was your partner, right? And you needed them to rally and stay in the game. You still had more holes to play. What would you say to them? The phrases that you would come up with are ones that you likely find useful for yourself. Otherwise your brain wouldn't come up with them. But what happens is we have a tendency to beat the crap out of ourselves. Right? For some reason, we don't feel like we deserve those nice words. We'll give them to our partner, our friends, but we won't say them to ourselves. So what would you say to someone else in the group or your partner to encourage them to keep going. That's where you want to start, right? We have two options at that moment. We can decide to throw in the towel, which feels crappy, or we can grind it out and shoot a number and post a number that we might not be so happy about. They both kind of can feel crappy. That's a possibility. But if you keep grinding, you have the opportunity to be really proud of yourself and to change and to evolve into a stronger golfer. At least it's an option with plan B. Throwing in the towel has only one outcome. All right, my friends, double bogeys are going to happen. Bad holes are going to happen. As long as you keep playing golf and you play golf long enough, they're going to happen in the beginning of the round or the end of the round. What's key is that you have a plan. So when you go in, you know what you're going to say to yourself. You're prepared so that when it happens, you don't get the rug pulled out from underneath you. And then you spend endless holes trying to recover from that. Use it as an opportunity to learn, to work on your mental skills. 
All right. And if all else fails, go get an apple fritter. <laughs> all right. You got this. Have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye. And if I can help you, if you want some coaching, you want to join the Academy or see what programs I have going on, make sure you head over to kathyhartwood.com.